0: Holy Spirit, we need your presence here. We need your presence to bring us into the heart of Jesus. Would you come now? Would you touch our hearts as we look at your word? Will you change us and heal us and restore us? Will you convict us Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. You said you would send him, and you have. Thank you that he's present right now in this studio and with each person listening to this broadcast. Oh, let the healing flow in mind, body, and spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel. I want to make a statement. I want to make it plainly. Sin is following the inclination of my own heart. Sin is following the inclination of my own heart. Now let's be very clear. God comes in mighty power and orders the steps of a righteous man. Psalm 37, verse 23. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm, that is, ordered, prearranged, step by step, fixed, Fixed by God. Today we have many religious people. But their steps are not prearranged by God. Even in matters of spiritual life. They are following the inclination of their own heart. This is not what God has called for. He has called us to follow His lead, the Holy Spirit's lead. He's called us to obey His commands, to wait upon Him. If the Lord delights in a man's way, He makes His steps prearranged, ordered though he stumble he will not fall for the lord upholds him with his hand i want to tell you today the most magnificent thing i could possibly say to you that if you are honestly following jesus christ and you are not following the inclination of your own heart God has prearranged your steps. He knows exactly what he's going to do, and he desires us to follow him very carefully. He's called us to stand against wickedness in our culture. He's called us to name it what it is. Abortion is murder. It is sin against Almighty God, and the judgment of God will fall on America if this nation does not turn from its abominations. Abortion is just one of the main ones. But there are many other abominations as well. Chief among those, pride and arrogance. It's rampant even within people who call themselves Christians. They will not surrender. They will not follow. They have their own agenda. They have their own way. And they are on their way to do their deal. I have a scripture that's familiar to all of you. It's found in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, the 50th chapter. I want to share this with you quickly, even though I know if you've been listening to this broadcast very long, you know it well. Isaiah 50, I'll begin reading with verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Well, who's his servant? Jesus. Jesus is the servant of the Lord. Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, Trust in the name of the Lord. In other words, don't follow the inclinations of your own heart. Don't say, whoa, 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 this is smart. I've got to do this quickly. When you walk in the dark, it means not in sin. It means in this passage, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what my next step should be. What do I do, Jesus? Jesus. Well, the Holy Spirit will come and tell you what to do. The Lord speaks today. There are many liars teaching false doctrines today, and one of the greatest of those lies is that the speaking of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, ended with the apostles. There's no such scripture. It teaches that they continue forever. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. He'll give you what we call "Rama" words. There's the Logos word in the Scripture, and then there is the breathings of the Holy Spirit in accord with the Logos word, as He teaches us what to do and where to go. I'll tell you one of the one of the things that encouraged my heart so much yesterday, and I asked my dear sister to forgive me if I'm embarrassing her but right at the end of the broadcast she called and she said the Holy Spirit has just told me the strangest thing he's told me to give $1,000 to Pilgrim's Progress I want the gospel to go forth I want the word to go forth she said I've never done this before I pay my tithe Fact a double tithe, almost. But she said, as I was listening to the broadcast, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and He said, "Give that one thousand dollars you're holding in savings." And she said, "I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit." There was no duress. There was no. There was no emotional pressure put on her to give it was holy spirit he said you give when the holy spirit speaks to us he asks us to do what he tells us to do and when we do our steps are ordered by the lord but if we hold back and the inclination of our heart is to say oh come on that can't be jesus that can't be the holy spirit that's not wise Well, the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. It says, let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord. Okay, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to turn. I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do. I'm going to have a humble spirit before you. I'm going to have an obedient spirit before you. My attitude is going to be one of humility and submission to you, Jesus. It says, but now all of you who light fires, this is Isaiah 50:11. Now all of you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, that is all of you who decide, okay, the crisis is here. I've got to do something. This is the best thing I know. I'm going to do it or everything may be going well you don't know what to do with the next step you talk with others, you get the best advice you can and then you jump that's not the Holy Spirit But now all you who light fires, that is all of you who turn the light on so you can see the path that you're supposed to take. And it's the light of man's wisdom. It's the light of our culture. It's the light of normalcy. You turn that light on. It says, go walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. I just know that today many of you are lying down in torment because there's no peace in your heart. There's no peace in your heart because you're following your own inclination. Now, when you follow your own inclination, you are literally sinning against God. We dare not follow our own inclination. We wait upon the Lord. Now, let me tell you why you wait upon the Lord. And everything I've shared is to introduce Esther. Esther's power. What was Esther's power? She became the most powerful queen in the world. God arranged circumstances so that Vashti is kicked out of the queen chair and the throne. She can't wear the crown anymore. And instead, this very humble, beautiful woman, Hadassah, who is named Esther, is brought forward through the harem. She is made queen. now, As she goes into that harem, against her will, she is taken, the scriptures say. She is taken. Circumstances begin to move in her life that move her into places that she doesn't want to go. If anything, I know her heart is to return to Israel, to the promised land, to her country. But she's taken into the queenship of the most powerful king in the world. And she exercises great power as a queen. Now the story of Esther is so exciting to me because it shows behind the scene, God's hand is moving pieces and players. And you think, how's that possible? That's God doing that. Now, does God work in your life that way? That's what Psalm 37 says. The Lord delights in a man's way or a woman's way. He makes his steps firm, ordered, prearranged. God has prearranged steps for you to take. He's in charge. Unless you follow the inclination of your own heart and you're drawn aside by your own rebellious heart no people who are who are christians in name but there is such a hard rebellious core in them they they will not submit to the will of god and they will re- raise every excuse for why they should not submit with anger and bitterness and hostility toward others, they will not follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. They're sinning against God. They're following the inclination of their own heart. Many, many churches follow the inclination of the corporate heart. They follow the traditions of man. They follow the practices of the world. They bring the world into the church. There's jokes and laughter. and It's not a way of soberness before the Lord and the Holy Spirit is absent from that place. Oh, a false spirit will come in. A kundalini spirit will come in. But the Holy Spirit is holy. He's not the happy spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. Now what we find in the book of Esther is God's hand moving in great power behind the scenes to bring about exactly what God wants to have happen. So now, she's queen. She sits on the queen's throne. She wears the crown of the queen. She is the wife of Xerxes, one of the most powerful and wicked kings the world has ever known. It looks like she is bitterly trapped. And can that be God? Come on. Yes, it is God. We find that as we move forward in the story. Now she has an uncle, Mordecai. He's an older man. And every day he sits at the king's gate. Why? because he wants to hear anything that's happening with his precious Hadassah, Esther. He wants to know her welfare. He is crying out to God on her behalf. It seems that something terrible has happened to his Esther. She's been ripped out of his life. She's been placed in a very public place. He's concerned for her welfare, and he's praying for her. Now, this man, Mordecai, is a man of great integrity. The Lord orders his steps, has prearranged his steps. And so as he is sitting in that king's gate, the gossip is flying. He's listening. He wants to hear any gossip that's coming out about Queen Esther, his precious Hadassah. And he hears about two of the king's officers who are guarding the doorway to the palace. They are the security, the protective guard for the king's life. And they are very, very angry. And they're talking about assassinating King Xerxes. Well, when Mordecai found out about this plot, He gets word to Queen Esther. She, in turn, reports it to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. Whoa, wait a minute. This is not a queen hungry for recognition and power. She could establish herself with the king even more firmly by just telling him that her spy network has discovered this wicked plot, and he would would just fall over himself to thank his new queen. She's not interested. She is following the ordered steps of God. And God wants Mordecai to be recognized. And you know what? In Esther's heart, she wants Mordecai to be brought into rulership and, and given a place and recognized because she loves her uncle. But it's also that God is moving in this. The invisible hand of God is moving in your life today if you will turn aside from the inclination of your own heart and simply obey the rhema words that God speaks to you and obey the scripture, Logos word. If you will obey the Holy Spirit, both in Logos and Rama, the mighty God of heaven will order your steps. You may not understand what he's doing. You know, right now, I don't understand what God is doing in my life. I am going through some of the most difficult trying times I've ever experienced in my life. And I've had some very hard times. But God is moving. And all I hear when I cry out to the Lord Trust me. Wait upon me. Don't be impatient. Be kind. Be loving. To those who would wrong you, forgive. No judgments. When I lack what is so desperately necessary, he says, Wait upon me. Trust me. I was so discouraged last night, the night before, as not one call came into the radio to to help with the July bill. The Lord said that night, it's like a heavy cloud had descended upon me. And I knew it was demonic, and I just cried out to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I trust you. You're working out your glory, and I rebuke you, Satan. In the name of Jesus, leave me alone. I am going to trust and praise and worship the Lord God of heaven, even though I don't feel like it. I don't have to feel like something to do something that is commanded by the Lord. And as I praise the name of Jesus, my spirits lifted, my courage returned, and I stood by faith. And Yesterday, even in the midst of the phones not working at the studio, having to give out my private cell number, God moved he has prearranged for this radio broadcast to continue on the air by moving in your hearts to give at the lord's direction i hope you obeyed what the lord said to you yesterday i hope you've obeyed in giving to this to this outreach of the gospel I pray there's no selfishness in your heart because God is moving and He's going to use this broadcast as one of the entering wedges in Washington, D.C. for revival in this city. I praise God, He's promised me that. I stand by faith. Even though it might cost me everything, I'm going to stand by faith. I'm not going to waver. Now, Mordecai finds out about this because Esther tells him. No, Esther tells the king. He finds out about it sitting there, but, but Esther doesn't take it to her own credit. She instead credits it to Mordecai's name. The reports are carefully investigated. They are found to be true, and the two officials are hanged on the gallows. And this is all recorded in the annals of the king in his presence. Now this is important. It appears that there is no recognition for Mordecai for uncovering this plot and saving the king's life. Why? Because God's going to need this testimony later in the story. Everything in our lives is ordered by the hand of God. Will you trust Him? Will you follow Him? Will you observe what He tells you and obeys? Will you follow the Holy Spirit and not demand recognition, not demand power, One person said to me, I'm going to get what I deserve, and I'm not going to let anybody stand in the way of my receiving what I deserve. Whoa, wait a minute. That person is following the inclination of their own heart. They're unwilling to humble their heart and let God do the leading. Some of you, as you listen to this broadcast, are saying, God doesn't talk to me. Well, you know what if God doesn't talk to you it's because you've been following the inclination of your own heart and if you'll begin to repent and get right with God and let him begin to order your steps remember the lord's prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name that is separated from earth hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come in other words, thy divine, royal authority come. Thy will be done on earth as it, as it is in heaven. I prayed this morning, O oh God, let your will be done in my life. Let your will be done on pilgrim's progress. Let your will be done in those who will listen to this. Do you understand that word will again in the Hebrew? Same word we get generator in English. let thy generator produce what it desires on earth as it produces what you desire in heaven. This is God moving. He's willing to generate the reality of your life and order your steps according to his will. If you will but turn aside from your own heart's inclination and trust him even when you have nothing he will do it for you he will open the way now after all of these events we come to chapter 3 King Xerxes honors Haman honors Haman This wicked king does not honor the man who just saved his life. Instead, he honors a wicked agite. Elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than all of the other nobles. Why would God do that? God was in this. This was God moving in Xerxes' heart. Do you understand? God is going to deal with his enemies. God will deal with his enemies. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him, but Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. That was the Lord's leading in this dear man's heart. He knew it would cause trouble. It might even get him killed. But he had to do it because Haman was a part of the Amalekites, and God had ordered all the Amalekites executed. These were enemies of God. They were enemies of God's people. And now this Amalekite heathen is being placed in a high position of authority. And he's going to come now and try to destroy all of the Jewish people throughout the entire realm of Xerxes. When everything comes up bad news for you, and you begin to say it's all over, I can't survive this, finances have crashed, my wife's leaving me, I'm sick, I'm dying. Everything is impossible. I got fired from my job. My children are sick. My husband has gone off. He's left me. I don't care what the disaster is. God is ready to use that disaster for his own glory. He doesn't make people do things. Not like this. He doesn't sponsor evil. But he steps back and he gives the devil room to play his game. And then God uses the devil's game and defeats him. One of, the greatest, one of the greatest upheavals in the devil's heart will be at the very end of time when he faces the reality that God used him to bring forth the glory of God. Satan thought he was independent, all-powerful, could destroy Adam's children. Instead, God's using the devil's cunning to draw the heart of God's people into salvation and deliverance. So Mordecai I would not kneel down because the Lord was very clear. These people are wicked and they need to be killed. They need to be destroyed. Well, the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore they told Haman, to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated. For he told them he was a Jew. In other words, he told them, I'm Jewish. I can't honor this He's an evil man. Well, please, do you see how he's being positioned now? It's not accidental. He's being positioned by God in this way. A dear friend was just promoted. I've been praying for a year for this promotion for him. It seems utterly impossible for him to pull this off. It's a very daunting task. I know the Holy Spirit put him in this place to save what God wants to save and to bring about the glory of God in what he wants to bring about. Do you understand? God's in charge. I'm not in charge, God's in charge. Holy Spirit, come because you're in charge. This word I'm speaking today is straight from the heart of Jesus. It's put in me by the Holy Spirit. Mordecai will not kneel down, will not honor him. And Haman is now watching, and he sees it, and he's enraged. He is angry. He learns that he's Jewish. He scorned the idea the scripture says of of just killing Mordecai instead he wants to kill all the Jews in the entire kingdom of Xerxes God is allowing Satan to bring a great crisis to God's people to shake them up can I stop for just a minute God is allowing great crisis to come into this nation of America to shake God's people up. Hurricanes. Tornadoes. Earthquakes. Thousands of earthquakes. Fire spewing from volcanoes. And we're just beginning to see what's going to happen. Crops devastated. Is this all accidental? No! God's hand is right in the midst of it. He's pulled back, and he's letting Satan have his way. If Satan had his way, he'd kill you. He hates you. But God is pulling back to let Satan have his way in order to shake up God's people and call them to be righteous before him, to turn aside from the inclinations of their heart and to serve him wholeheartedly, to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit because he's going to bring a great harvest in this nation. Souls are going to be swept into the kingdom of God and many in the church are going to be swept out into the world because they never loved Jesus and they never were willing to surrender to him and they have hardened their hearts against him. Oh, my brother, my sister, my sister, Ask Jesus to give you a humble heart, an obedient heart, to turn aside from your own inclinations, from your own addictions, from your own lust, from your own grabs for power, from taking care of yourself and saying, anybody gets in my way, I'm just going to run over them. I want what's mine. Oh, what a wicked spirit! What a wicked spirit! It displeases the Lord. It's the inclination of the human heart. It's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not from the tree of life. So in the twelfth year of King Xerxes, this didn't happen quickly. This is happening over a period of years. They cast a They cast the dice, the purr, to see when they should kill the Jews. And Haman goes to King Xerxes, and he says, There's a, a certain people dispersed and scattered among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom, whose whose customs are different from those of all other people. They don't obey the king's laws. It's not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. The devil wants to kill him. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them, and I will put ten thousand talents. I mean, we're talking about a lot of money. Three hundred and seventy-five tons! Can you imagine? Of silver into the royal treasury. 375 tons, metric tons, is what he's offering the king. The king says, keep the money. Do with the people whatever you please. Then on the thirteenth day of the first month, the royal secretaries were summoned. They wrote out in the script of each province and in the language of each people all of Haman's orders to the kings, satraps, and governors of the various provinces and the nobles of the various peoples. They were written in the name of King Xerxes, and they were sealed with his own ring, Dispatchers were sent by couriers on fast horses. They were sent out to all the king's province with the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and little children, on a single day, the 13th day of the 12th month, and to plunder all of their goods. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so that they would be ready for that day. And spurred on by the king's command, the couriers went out. The edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. The king and Haman sat down to drink. But the city of Susa was in confusion. Nobody understood why the king would do this wicked thing. So the order's gone out to kill, to annihilate, to destroy men, women, boys and girls, babies. They're all to die. And they're not allowed to defend themselves. They'll be stripped of everything. If they try to defend, the armies of Xerxes will come against them. This is a, a decree that cannot be reversed. That was one of the ways they kept the king in check. Once he made a command, it could not be reversed. It couldn't be canceled. It stood. Through perpetuity, it stood. Hitler tried to destroy God's people. And he succeeded in in killing millions of God's people. But God through that process created the nation of Israel in fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And then with fish hooks he brought thousands of Jewish people to live in Israel. I've been to the land of Israel. I've walked the streets of old Jerusalem. I've never felt more at home anywhere in my life than I did in the old city of Jerusalem. I stood where David's palace was. It's being excavated. I walked the way of the cross. I stood where Jesus had been crucified I was able to enter into the tomb where they lay him there's no stone there I went into that tomb and it smelled bad of death I was crying and suddenly a great joy struck me i was all by myself very unusual to be there by yourself i lifted my hands above my head and i began to shout and praise he is risen he is risen he is the king of kings and the lord of lords and he sits on the throne with the with the mighty god of heaven he's not here there are no bones there he's risen and i began to rejoice in the certainty of the resurrection of our lord jesus Oh, it looked to the disciples like this was the end. But God was in charge. The cross was not the end. The cross was just the beginning of what God was going to bring forth in glory and power for the salvation of his people and the salvation of the Gentiles. How awesome were the works of God. How wonderful the kindness of God. I want to tell you that there are no accidents. Nothing is by chance if you are walking in righteousness before God. If you are not following the inclinations of your own heart, but you are searching after God with all of your heart, there are no accidents. He is ordering your steps and you can trust him. Now in this story, it looks like the end for the children of Israel. It looks like it's all over. It looks impossible. Oh, my brother, my sister, nothing is impossible for our God We walk in the wilderness. We walk in the desert. Everything seems hard. Everything seems impossible. We're there to be trained to search after Jesus. We're trained to know his ways. We're trained to walk in obedience. And if we don't give way, if we are solid and stable and say, Yes, Jesus, I trust you. I serve you. I will follow you wherever you go. I will not rebel against your word to me. I will not rebel against what you call me to do. I won't rebel against what you call me to give. I will do exactly as you tell me. I will obey the rhema words of God. A dear brother said to me, I have to learn how to hear the voice of God so that it's very clear to me. Well, the more you obey the word of God, the closer that word of God will come and the more plain it will sound in your ears. That means reading the Logos, bearing yourself in this word, being crucified with Christ, giving up all life except that which is in Jesus. Some of you have a life in the world and you go to church on Sunday and you hear a little bit about Jesus that has to change you cannot be saved if you are not buried in jesus christ in that tomb with him and then you have to be resurrected in the power of jesus and now you no longer walk like the world you no longer look like the world you no longer taste like the world you are different you stand in righteousness obeying the word of god to you you open your mouth and you confront the evil that is about you oh pastor if i did that i'd get fired then get fired live righteous don't lie don't cheat don't gamble don't walk in the lusts of your flesh walk clean before god rejoice in him let him order your steps let him give you a demotion without complaint. Let him promote you without pride. Wait upon the Lord. Trust him. And he will order your steps. Now next week we're going to continue with the story of Esther. There's much more to tell. But I want you to recognize the hand of God moving behind the curtain. The hand of God is moving right now behind the curtain for you. The hand of God knows what he has in store for you if you will turn aside from the inclinations of your heart and wholeheartedly serve the living God of heaven. If you will awaken from your slumber where you say, yes, I believe in Jesus, and then you fornicate. Yes, I believe in Jesus, and then you'll get drunk. Yes, I believe in Jesus, and then you'll have your pot, your tobacco. Yes, I believe in Jesus, and then you walk in pride and arrogance with other people, and you criticize them, and you put them down. You're miserable to be around. Oh, my brother, my sister, that's not the way of the cross. That's not what Jesus called us to. He called us to humble our hearts, to walk in obedience to his word. Will you do that? Almighty God, I just come now, please. I come in the name of Jesus. I come in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I ask, Almighty God, that you would be very plain with my brother and my sister today. I ask, O Lord, that as they reach out their hand to you right now, that you will see the desperate situation they're in, and you would rescue them. And Lord, would you forgive them if they're in that situation because they have followed the inclination of their own heart and their own wickedness, their own rebellion, Will you release them from that snare now? Will you release them from that sickness now in the name of Jesus? Will you flow with healing in the bodies and souls and minds of every person listening who is willing to turn from their own inclinations and begin to search after you, Jesus, with all their heart? O Lord, thank you. I pray this prayer of faith. I bless your people, Lord. You love your people, you love your church, you died for your for your church to be established and and walk in righteousness and be a testimony to the world of who you are. O oh, Lord, come, we wait on you, King of all the earth. we wait upon you, for you are the Almighty. It is to you we cry. For our lives are in your hand. I ask would you please prearrange my steps. Lord, too many times I have followed the inclination of my own heart. And I've suffered much because of it. And I've had to repent. And now, Lord, I don't follow the inclination of my heart. I follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let it be so with my brothers and sisters. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenland, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for listening. I pray this broadcast has been helpful to you and encouraging and the power of God is moving in your life right now for physical healing and for direction for what you should be doing next how you should be handling every situation the Holy Spirit will tell you get in that prayer closet get on your face before God cry out to Him call on the name of Jesus and He will answer you I'd like to hear from you If the Lord is prompting you to give for the broadcast, write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That is the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I trust you in the hands of Jesus. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory. Yeah.